All right, and we are live. Now, we've had some technical issues, but that's the beauty, we would say, in, in Italian, in Bello della Diretta, right? So the beauty of uh, um, recording everything, making everything happen live, we would say. All right, so welcome. This is a new episode of our John uh, University uh, podcast. It's called Cabercast. And today I'm very excited because our guest, not only is he an expert, and we're talking about sports, and uh, some of our listeners know that I am all about sports, so we'll be, we'll be talking about that in a, in a second. Um, he was a former student. Um, of course, I'll give, I'll give him the, uh, the virtual floor to, to introduce himself. First things first, let's introduce the uh, podcast. So, hello, everybody. Welcome again to this new, I'll call it alumni spotlight. Um, and this is your host, Giovanni, former student, admissions counselor for two years now. Um, and uh, we are ready. So let's jump right into it. So first of all, Francesco, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today. Like I said, virtual floor is all yours. May I ask you to please introduce yourself? Thank you, Giovanni. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, it's a pleasure, of course, because I'm really connected to John Cabot. I love my time there, as you know, and I'm super excited to be here with you. And yes, I'm Francesco. I can confirm that. <laughs> I am a former student of John Cabot. I graduated in 2000, 2017 now, so it's almost four years. And uh, now I am a professional journalist here in Italy. I was also a journalist in Germany for three years. Then now I moved back to, to Milan, where I'm from. And uh, I'm also a podcaster because I have my own podcast uh, called Here We Go Podcast. It's about transfer market. And I talk about football. European football. So when I say yeah. football, I'm talking about European football. Uh, so soccer for the American listeners, I'd say. And uh, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm also a um, content editor for One Football, which is a, a net based in Berlin, where I live in the last three years, as I said before. And uh, yeah, I am a freelance journalist now. I, I do many projects. Uh, I try to uh, do different things. Uh, as I said, I'm a podcaster. I have my, my own uh, projects and also I am a content creator. So I try to having different things because I think it's the best thing to do, you know, having different opportunities and many things that can come with the, with the time and, you know, with the, with the opportunities. New opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you, Francesco. Jack of all trades, right? So we would yeah, exactly. Uh, so again, thank you very much for, for joining us. So let's talk a little bit about your career at JCU. First things first, what brought you to, uh, to JCU? I mean, it was a very interesting uh, approach to, the, to John Cabot University because I, I was... I was a violinist before, you know, I was doing another life. I was, uh, I did my 10 years conservatory here in Milan. And uh, then I moved to the, to the States for one year, for an exchange year to, to learn the language. Uh, and that was an experience that completely changed my life. I was in, uh, I, I lived in uh, Boston, uh, actually it was Brookline, close to Boston. And uh, that was an amazing experience because when I came back, I realized that, you know, my life, uh, needed something different and so mm -hmm. I, I i decided to to quit my musical career and uh despite the you know all my family they didn't really like the idea but you know i i had, I had to do it so i just went straight to the point so i i i asked myself basically what was that 
main passion I had, and that was always football. Um, and so I, I said to myself, okay, I, I can't start uh, playing football at 18. It's too late. So I need yeah. to, professionally speaking, of course. So I need to, to do something. And uh, journalism was the, let's say, easier way to, to start to work in this field. And um, so that's, that's what I did. And by coincidence, a friend of my, my mom had a daughter that studied at John Cabot like 15, 10 years ago, something like that. So years before. So she told me, oh, why don't you, since I really like my American experience in, in Boston, she said, why don't you try to study here in an American university in Italy? And uh, so I really liked the idea from the beginning. I went to one of the open days that you know very well. And I, I really like it. I fell in love with Rome um, at the first sight. I really love the city, people, and I, I really feel at home, felt at home since the beginning. And then I decided to, 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 to do this, to, to, to go to Jean Cabot, to, to change my life. And then from that moment on was just a, a, you know, a consequence. You know? I, I didn't really stop. Absolutely. And uh, so tell me, what was the transition, right? So you said you studied in, um, in the U.S. And I think you got your American diploma. Is that correct? Your fourth year? Yeah, 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 yeah. But also I, I got my maturita here in okay. uh, my, my fifth year in Italy. So I did both. And then I went to, to, to John Cabot. To John Cabot. So uh, let me ask you, what was the uh, transition like? And especially uh, perhaps while you were in the U.S. And uh, perhaps our listeners... Um, are, are aware that, well, the Boston area, right, it's, it's known as the New England uh, area, yeah. which, and they're uh, very, very enthusiastic about their sports teams. We're talking about the Boston Celtics, the you know, New England Patriots, right? So, um, and uh, what else? Perhaps, yeah, well, the Boston Red Sox as well. Exactly. So, and let me, let me ask you, what was the transition in terms of sports, uh, right? You being um, a, a football enthusiast, um, and, uh, and yeah, just coming to, to JCU and perhaps living in the U.S. Uh, and going to, to an American high school and then coming to JCU to an American university. What was that like? I, I think that the most difficult transition for me, since we're talking about transitions, was the one when I came back from the States and I went back to the high school in Italy. Yeah. That was the most difficult thing for me because when I, when I went to the States, you know, it was a new experience for me, uh, new language, new people, first time outside of my home without my family in my life. So it was uh, totally new, but also very exciting because, uh, you know, after the first two weeks when you feel a bit maybe um, lost, uh, you realize that you can live somewhere else. So it's quite nice that <laughs> that moment. And uh, so when I came back to Milan, that was the most difficult thing for me because I... I I, I was lost in the other sense. I was, you know, I, I felt that my life was, uh, okay, I need to make, I need to say something here because when I, when I moved to the States, you know, I didn't want to move. I did, um, it was more my, my family that forced me to do it. Okay. So I, I was more against the decision of them. And uh, so I, I actually tried to, to say, no, no, I want to stay. I don't want to go. Why should I go to the States? And then I have to thank them every day because I did that. Uh, because when I, I went outside my comfort zone, when you go outside your comfort zone, when you go back in the comfort zone, you don't like the comfort zone anymore. <laughs> and that happens all the time to me. And uh, so when I, the transition from the States uh, uh, to Italy was quite difficult for me because I was coming back to my comfort zone. I didn't like it anymore. Yeah. But then 
uh, I don't even consider that year. I, for me, the transition was from the States to Rome, to the American University. And that was perfect because when I, I arrived at John Cabot, I felt at home, uh, you know, I met many people. Uh, it's amazing the atmosphere that there is in the university and the combination between the Italian culture and the American culture is something unique. And you can, you can feel it, live it every day in Trastevere in the neighbor because, you know, it's a combination of two cultures mixed at the same time. And that's something that I, that I really enjoyed. That's amazing. So thank you for sharing that, Francesco. Now, um, we talked about your past. So before getting to JCU, we talked a little bit about your experience at JCU. I know you might have some shout outs, uh, right, to specific professors, perhaps classes. <laughs> That, you, uh, that kind of helped you decide and, uh, uh, you know, to go into uh, journalism and specifically sports journalism. Um, are there any classes that you would like to, to mention, professors, of course? Eh? Okay, listen, for me, uh, when, I, when I speak about uh, the, um, the journey to become a journalist, uh, I think it's very personal. Uh, you can find, of course, your... Um, your, your your targets your your specific like professor that can help you to understand what you want to do yeah. but you re you really need to be very focused and you really know really have to know the direction you're going otherwise you it's very easy to get lost yeah. uh, but by saying that so I, just to say that I was very sure about my my journey what I wanted to do what I wanted to achieve uh, I was very 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 sure about what I was doing. But at the same time, I have to say that few professors were very important for me at John Cabot. And I have to say, in particular, Professor Sarram, who, who is a mentor for me. And uh, I still have a, a nice relationship with him because he's a very... He, he taught me to, to, to think about uh, out the box. You know, I was thinking... Uh, in another way and uh, applying my also what I really like about his classes that I could apply my passions in, a, in these kind of boring topics, you know, like, you know, uh, communications, uh, concepts, but I could apply what I really like it and I, I could apply it in the, in actually in the, in the, in the classes. So that was really nice. Also, I have to say, Professor Lopez was super important for me in my last semester, that especially for the senior project that I did. It was my first, let's say, journalist experiment, and he let me did did what I want to do, so it was amazing. Then I have to mention, uh, uh, I have to say, my Professor Connolly and uh, yes. the this public speaking class for me was the most important one, probably. <laughs> And I really suggest everyone who is listening and he's going at John Cabot, please take the public speaking class course because that's it's super important. Regardless what you want to do, whatever you want to do in your life, you need to know how to speak, you know, um, in front of people and especially in, in different circumstances. Because, for example, uh, I remember one, of, I think was the midterm of that class uh, was about... Uh, uh, he told me like in one minute okay now you need to uh to you need to explain to the class to the whole class in three minutes uh, who was born before between a chicken and egg and i was like <laughs> what <laughs> what do we have to do and then but that was that's super important because uh it's what i do right now in my job you know there are so many circumstances where I need to uh, buy time, I need to, you know, say, and I need to find a way to speak even about yeah, things that quickly, are right? yeah. 
think very quickly and that's super important so and that's just a just one 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 class and just one specific thing then there are many other things that you do in that class that are super important and then I have to mention also last one I have to mention Professor De Luca uh, she, she was super important for me because she gave me you know a lot of um, she helped me a lot for my especially for my written English who was an amazing and she helped me a lot to do to improve it so that was important to me. Amazing. So we have Professor Saram, shout out to Professor Saram, Professor Lopez, Professor Conley, and Professor De Luca. So thank you very much, Francesco. Now let's move on to your career. Your career begins um, as a, a content editor and one football, right, in Berlin. Um, and of course, if you have um, perhaps any tips and tricks, you know, so um, you said you lived in the U.S., you lived in, well, you're from Milan, then you yeah. In Rome um, for your undergrad experience, and then you moved to Berlin. So again, another uh, well European country. Yeah. So, and perhaps you, I, I would love to, to hear uh, you know more about this from you. I know there is a very funny story, and to all the uh, the Italian, uh, I would say football fans uh, who, are, who are listening to this, uh, you may not enjoy the next five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> Uh, but perhaps I know there's a story about the 2018 World Cup uh, coverage, right? So, um, and specifically related to your contract. I, I will stop here. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about your uh, as a content editor of One Football? Yeah, my my journalist career started actually while I was still at the university because I I started to work with Gianluca Di Marzio, who is a very popular in Italy uh, transfer market expert about football. And that's my, the only tip I have to, my only advice for people who might want to do this kind of job or career is start writing, whatever will be, it's fine. <laughs> that's the main thing because you need to, you need to write, you need to make mistakes, you need to learn from yourself. That's the only way. It's not journalism. It's not something that, you know, you can learn from the books or learn from uh, someone that tell you, okay, you have to do this, 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 and you will be the best. No, you need to. Just focus about yourself and uh, not thinking so much about others. Maybe, yes, compare yourself. It's always good to compare yourself with other journalists, but always think about yourself. That's the most important. It's very individualistic, I have to say, mm -hmm. but that's, that's how it is. And then, yes, I, I, I applied for a job in Berlin because I wanted to do something different, you know, than there are classic Italian way of starting journalism, you know, I need, I wanted something different. So I, I applied for this job in Berlin. And um, the funny story is that I, I, I signed the contract and the day after I signed the contract, Italy got eliminated from the playoffs for the World Cup in 2018. And they were building a specific team about the World Cup. So first thing I thought, okay, my job is gone. I was at the stadium <laughs> actually. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was for, for the Sweden game. I was I was in San Siro. So imagine my 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 feelings because I, you know, as Italian, how devastating was the game yeah. for us. Yeah. The one of the ter most terrible games and days I remember for Italian football, probably the worst. And then uh, adding to that, so there is also my my job that I signed the contract the day before, <laughs> and then I said, okay. Now that's it. this is it, you know. But then, luckily, to cover the Italian team, no? exactly, okay. exactly. So I, um, 
luckily they, they said no okay there is no there was no actual relation between the job oh, yeah. and uh, and uh, and the, the world cup they made fun of me for fun of me for like one year until yeah, the world right. especially the especially the germans I have to say yeah. but then when they got eliminated in the in the group stage i was the yeah. happiest person in the, in the newsroom <laughs> i was celebrating yeah so uh, there you go and uh, yeah, so that, that's a story. Then I, I lived there for, for two years. And then I, I had the opportunity to come back in Italy and doing other projects uh, at the same time and maintaining my job at One Football, but with a different contract. So now I'm a freelance with them, but I'm still 100% part of the, of the group work and the project. So you mentioned the um, Italian let's say the traditional way of becoming a journalist in, in Italy. Um, and something our listeners should know is that Francesco was recently inducted into the Elenco dei Professionisti del Lago dei Giornalisti Italiani, which is the National Registry of Professional Journalists. So first of all, Francesco, amazing. I mean, congratulations. Thank um, you. Yeah, and, and, and can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what has that been like? Um, was, it, was it difficult? What was the process like? I can call it a nightmare, and uh, <laughs> no, because uh, that, that's how it is. Um, in Germany, I was a journalist in Germany because in Germany uh, it works in a very different way. Uh, you you need like a contract uh, as a journalist, and then you basically pay for a union. Uh, I don't know specifically for what, but for mm-hmm. for something. And then in return, you got the, you get the press card, and you can go to games and whatever, and that's it. I have to say that this thing about the, the ordine, this elenco, is very uh, common in Italy because we have it for different things. You know, we have it for lawyers, we have it for for for, for a, a lot of professions. So, so it's not something uh, unique about the journalists. But there is the one about journalists. Uh, so my my issue was that I was a journalist outside Italy, but not in Italy, and that was quite contradictory. But that, that's how it was. So I, 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 there, is, there is a way to, um, to, to do that also in Italy. So I, was, uh, I did an exam, who is, uh, uh, is to, to be part of the, of the professional uh, journalist uh, Elenco. And then uh, it's a written exam and an oral exam. Mm-hmm. And it's super difficult because it's actually about... Uh, uh, constitu- Italian constitutions, uh, you know, about laws, about uh, um, everything that surrounds the, the state, uh, the Euro- European Union. It's very, a lot of things to, 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 to study. Luckily, let's say luckily, there was the red zone in Milan when I needed to start yes. for that. So I basically my life was studying and working. So for like one month, I just did that and and then I pass it, but it's 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 not very, it's not easy to to pass the exam. Yeah. Well, again, congratulations, Francesco. Eh? So the, this is a wonderful, wonderful achievement. Um, so let me ask you a little bit about the future, and we'll talk about this more because I do have a few more questions. So, um, but are you thinking to uh, perhaps would you like to expand your expertise? Um, are there any other sports that you looking at that you also like to cover and with that any favorite athletes or any favorite uh, of course football players if you have will be talk i do have a question about your specific we will call it fede calcistica so the okay. team 
Court and Italy, and we'll ask uh, and uh, the other question is coming. Uh, but yeah, have you ever thought of uh, expanding or perhaps, uh, you know, including other sports? Yeah. Um, I never thought about it, to be honest, mm -hmm. because it, I think football uh, or soccer, again, <laughs> it's very broad. Uh, so it's, uh, I'm actually, uh, what I'm focusing right now, it's more about foreign football. So I'm focusing about uh, uh, more European leagues and more about transfer market because my, let's say my field is transfer market. So, uh, you know, when players go from one team to the other, to, to explain that for people who don't know what it is, and uh, so we try to, you know, anticipate the news and arrive first and knowing things before everyone else. So I'm trying to, what I'm doing actually is covering uh, football outside, more outside Italy than, than, than Italian football. Um, I never thought about doing other sports because uh, I, my passion is still football. So until my passion is here, I will do that. I was thinking to to do something more about studies, so to okay. let's say to to do uh, like a master or like doing some let like to you know expand my my what I, what I can you know new things that I can learn about yeah. uh, uh, for example sport management like how right. a team team works, uh, but the the, my, the issue for me right now is the timing because right yeah. now I am uh, you know. Uh, let's say growing so much I'm trying to expand myself uh, and what I'm doing uh, as much as I can in the last in the last year so now it's difficult to find the timing you know to to go back and studying and I'm not saying leaving my, my job but you need to find a balance and right now it's super difficult for me so I need to right now I'm fine like I am so I, I, I want to continue to work like this then maybe in the next four or five years we see where I'm going and what happens to me. Yeah, and there's a lot more football to talk about, right? Specifically, um, also with the, uh, with the recent news about the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, super, the su super, yeah, the thing about, you know, I, I cover transfer market and yeah. it can be, it can be an, another pandemic, it can be Super League. I know the yeah. players will go from one team to the other. That okay. will happen forever. Yeah. So I'm quite sure about that. <laughs> Talking yeah, about the future. Exactly. It's a certain market, right? It's a certain yeah. Market. But also, it's it's super super difficult to to be part of this world. I mean, I know that many people think that mine is a mine is a dream job because I think mm -hmm. it is, and to be honest, I really love it. So I wouldn't change it for for anything else. Right. But at the same time, at the same time, you need to understand that there are moments where your life social life doesn't exist uh, you know summers are the most busy time uh, of the year yeah. uh, so you need to keep that in mind i'm not saying that that can affect your decision or the way you want to approach the job but you need to understand that if i am in ibiza for uh, in august and cristiano ronaldo goes to real madrid uh, i need to cover that you know yeah. so there is no in journalism, there is no thing, such a thing as saying, okay, I can cover that tomorrow. There is only, there is no yesterday, there is no tomorrow, there is only today. That's, that's how it is. Yeah. And so working around the clock. Which is right? super, for me, it's, it's also, I love it because at the yeah. same time, you know, you can have days where uh, nothing happens and you are, and, you know, I'm not saying you don't do nothing, but let's say it's not busy, yeah. <laughs> but also there are days where you doing the super league that you mentioned it. I, I slept three hours per day in, in, oh in, in four <laughs> days. 
Yeah. Because also there is the excitement, you know, and that, until I have that, I want to do this job because Absolutely. when I when I have that, you know, I, I wake up at 7 a.m. in the morning because I don't want to lose anything and I go to bed at 4 a.m. because I, I know that in those hours nothing will happen. Uh, until I have that passion, I think I'm doing the right thing. The moment I won't have that, I will stop doing That's amazing. Just, thank you very much. So there you go. Words of wisdom, courtesy of our wonderful sports journalist, Francesco. And hopefully our listeners will find their passion, right? So they will uh, um, allow them to, to stay up at night and just work around the clock to cover whatever it is that they, uh, that they love so, so much. Let's talk about the podcast. So the podcast is called Here We Go. Um, and to our listeners, so I've been a, a, an American football fan for eight, nine years now. And my favorite football team is the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and they're, one of their stadium chants is, here we go. They go, here we go, Steve. Okay. <laughs> so this absolutely rang a bell. So that's the first thing I thought of. Uh, but all jokes aside, so tell us a little bit more about here we go. Specifically, um, how does it work? How does uh, how is it structured? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the, the podcast uh, works in this way. Uh, it's co-hosted by me and Fabrizio Romano, who is a very popular and famous journalist, uh, not only in Italy, but uh, also outside Italy, especially in UK, USA, and many countries. And uh, we, we thought about the podcast during the first lockdown, to be honest, because we had more time to think about what we were doing and uh, what he was doing, especially because he grew so much in the social media in the last two years. So he needed probably he needed to find a moment to uh, restart and think about what he was doing. Uh, the idea of the podcast is because uh, we share our news. I share my news on, on Twitter, especially. Uh, he does that also on Instagram. But, you know, there is no such a thing where you can expand your point of view or like uh, uh, make it more... Uh, understandable for listeners because sometimes in 150 characters you can write uh, that player is going to that team because of that that's it in a podcast in a 45 minutes 50 minutes podcast you can you have more time to expand what you were saying and that was a but we, we never done something before so we I, we didn't have experience in radio or other things so we we tried we said okay why not let's do it and um, we started to do it. We, we, we did it firstly on, uh, on Patreon, which is a, a platform, a paid platform for podcasts specifically. And it's very popular in the United States because for two reasons. First of all, we wanted to give a market value to the podcast. So I, 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 I won't say the opposite. That was also important to understand how many people, because you know he's followed by, uh, I think, three, four million followers between Instagram and, and, and and Twitter, but how many of them were willing to pay for some, for some content, you know? And that's important to understand, I think. Uh, so that's the reason number one, but also in a limited, uh, uh, let's say, audience podcast, uh, limited with limited amount of people that can listen to it, it's easier to, to experiment because you have less pressure, uh, you, you don't have to, you know, you can make mistakes, also audio mistakes or whatever you you can get up. You can on the on the on the on the Patreon, but we always wanted to do it uh, free. Uh, that was our main idea. So after two three months already, we found a sponsor. 
So now we have a sponsor and uh, now it's available in all the platforms. And the, the concept behind, behind the, pod, the podcast is that uh, our slogan, let's say, is behind the scenes. So we try to explain what's happening behind the scenes of transfer market. So uh, why that player want to leave the club or why the player don't want to leave the club. Uh, try to explain really what's happening. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's what people want to know. Otherwise, uh, they, they wouldn't listen to it. So, <laughs> so that, that's good. Absolutely. Francesco, so although you said you, you don't specifically focus on uh, Italian football, however, you, I know you know this, the Serie A season is about to end. Sure. And what yeah. we also know is that you are, and to our listeners, by the way, uh, we are sharing this for, for the first time today. Hey, Francesco, you are an Inter Milan supporter. No? Okay. Francesco, let me ask you, what has this year uh, been for you? Uh, as an Inter Milan supporter, right, with the whole, of course, the pandemic happening, and uh, with Inter, Inter Milan, um, I'll leave it, I, ju- I just leave it there. You take over. What is <laughs> uh, Inter Milan going to do this year? Inter won the Scudetto, the, the right. Serie A League, after 11 years, so it's quite, an, years. quite an important year. Um, from, a, from a journalistic point of view, it was a very interesting year, I have to say. Yeah. Because also the pandemic, I have to say, had a, an impact on our job, of course, but also was, uh, I know it can, can, can have another meaning, but it's interesting to follow these kind of things mm-hmm. at the end. Because, you know, there are many things happening always. Uh, uh, also the effects, because we are going to see the effects of the pandemic in football for the next five years, probably even more. So it will be interesting to see what will happen in the next month, years to football in general, and also to, 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 to Italian teams in particular. Talking about Inter Milan, uh, they, are, they did a great job, I have to be honest. I wasn't expecting that to happen uh, already this year, but that's because of Antonio Conte, who is the manager. I, my opinion is one of the top five managers in the world at the moment. Uh, and he's uh, he brought a mentality that Inter Milan didn't have in the last 11 years. So that was that dra- uh, drove everything because the, from that m- new mentality that came in, you know, the players just follow him and he did an amazing job, to be amazing. honest. And but now it's super interesting to, to follow uh, the Jose Mourinho come back to Serie A. Absolutely. I was going to ask. So can you tell us a little? And I am a Roma fan. So there you go. Let me share that. So that's also very, very exciting to watch. And specifically for the city where JC is located as well. So can you tell us, do you have any uh, predictions, let's say, for uh, next uh, next year? So, uh, for the, uh, um, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of Jose Mourinho in general. Uh, I have to say that in the last four or five years wasn't the same manager as before right. and that's under the eyes of everyone and uh, so um, I don't think the expectations uh, have to be you know he has to win otherwise it's a failure uh, also because you know Roma I say Roma you know they're coming from a seventh place right now so you know it's difficult to arrive the first year and win you know uh, yeah. also will be a transfer market impacted by the pandemic so it won't be easy to sign a lot of players uh, I'm expecting him to export or 
import to, 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 to Roma a new mentality, uh, like Antonio Conte did for Inter Milan. The mentality that uh, if you don't win, it's a disaster. And that's something that mm, you, need to, you need to have it, in, especially in Serie A, because otherwise you, you can get lost. And uh, so I'm expecting him to bring a new mentality. Then we'll see if, you know, will be a winning mentality also might be that they actually win trophies in two, one, two, three years. I don't know that. But I'm expecting that to happen. If it doesn't happen, that will be a failure. I think that I, I'm thinking more about the, what it can bring as a. Also, you know, Roma is not an easy. Roma is not an easy city to work for a for a manager. Uh, you one day you are the god. The day after you are the last idiot uh, that sat on the bench. So yes. there is no such a balance. There is no. It, you're, it's black or white. This is it. Uh, so I'm super curious to be honest will be the most exciting thing uh, to cover as a journalist uh, in the next years for sure there you go so you heard it here first Francesco with his prediction for Giuseppe Mourinho uh, and we'll we'll come back please come back to this uh, to this episode to this podcast episode to see if Francesco is right um, Francesco rapid fire and then very quickly I want to talk about the uh, your past as a violin player and yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. Very quickly, rapid fire. First of all, favorite uh, football player on the on Inter Milan. Oh, Inter Milan? Yes. Inter Milan, uh, Lautaro Martinez. I really like him. Why? Because I mean, I was uh, I follow him since he was in Argentina, and uh, he's sort of my you know little kid that I grew, saw growing up and now he's become one of the best strikers in the world. So I feel, I feel close to him in some ways. I remember I was in the newsroom of One Football, and he was also close to Atletico Madrid and Borussia Dortmund. And I was saying, guys, this is amazing. It's amazing. Uh, we will see if he goes to Borussia. Atletico will be the new crack of football. Uh, and then he got, went to Inter Milan and I saw him really growing so much and now he's one of the best so I, I really like him amazing there you go so Latoro Martinez il toro no? il toro il toro the bull <laughs> the bull exactly and very quickly and then we'll talk about your uh, like you said so your past as a violin player Cristiano Ronaldo or uh, Leo Messi which one I prefer? Uh, yes okay okay uh, you, you want me to be quick here, but it's not... Absolutely, it's not... and this is why I had a podcast, right? So you have to think. Yes. Uh, I have to say Cristiano Ronaldo, but I have to explain why. So give me one okay. minute. I will Absolutely. explain one minute. Yes. Uh, I think we are one of the luckiest generation in the history because we are facing, like... Is it, I know you like basketball. It's like, you know, having LeBron James and Michael Jordan at the same yeah. time. Uh, it's something like that. So you, it's difficult to compare them. They are very different from one to the other. What I like about Cristiano Ronaldo is the mentality. I always think about the winning mentality, this kind of attitude. Just to say, when he won the 10th uh, Champions League with Real Madrid, he went back to Madrid, he was in Lisbon, went back to Madrid and he went to train in the training ground of Real Madrid because there is no way to rest for him. So now, of course, he has lost it a bit in the, in the years, but that mentality is what, because he's talented, of course, but he's not like an alien like Messi. Messi is the talent uh, 200%. Mm -hmm. Ronaldo achieved that level with the hard work. 
and that's what I really, really like about Cristiano Ronaldo. But then it's it's like asking me if I prefer mom or dad. It's difficult to say. <laughs> I say I say Cristiano Ronaldo because you know I I like the mentality of him and the story of him. I think it's very interesting and underestimated sometimes. So I, that's what I'm gonna say. Okay, thank you, Francesco. Ecco, Cristiano Ronaldo. We have an answer. Okay. <laughs> so tell us about your violin pass. How, how was that? How did that work? And okay, uh, it started because my parents wanted to wanted me to 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 play as an instrument and. Uh, mm. Violin was the easiest choice because piano was too little to, to, to start. Uh, and then because I started when I was four, four or five. So I think that I, I learned before to read music than reading words. So that's how, how it started. And um, so nothing. I, I, was, I really loved playing orchestras, especially. That was my main passion. I really, I didn't really like to, you know, practice and uh, studying. That wasn't really my thing. But playing orchestra, I could do that for hours, and I really love it. And uh, uh, so I did that uh, since I was young. Uh, I, I started. Then I, I went to uh, the middle school that had the specific section about music. Uh, the musical section was called. Uh, it was, you know, I, I did it because it was my thing at the end you know there wasn't like a reason why I just continued to do it until I like it and then in the moment I felt that that wasn't my thing anymore I stopped it but the thing is you know I, my, my parents was also were surprised because I never had gave the impression that I didn't like what I was doing because that was the truth I always liked what I was doing but then when you grow, you grow up, you and there are moments in your life when you understand that you're going in the wrong direction. So you don't need to destroy everything. You just need to adjust the direction. Yeah. And that's why I adjusted and I decided to quit with, with violin and the conservatory. And then I, I felt, I still think that was the best decision I did in my life, <laughs> but not because I have something against my, my past or my musical career, because I thought that that's, that was the right moment to do it. Yeah. And, uh, but apart that, I'm super excited, still excited about what I've done in my, in my musical career, because I, for example, I, I played in the Italian Senate with uh, Nicola Piovani uh, in the, one of the you know, Christmas concerts they do. I was in the orchestra. I, I, I had the amazing opportunity to play uh, once upon a time in America with Ennio Morricone himself. That's so, amazing. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just throw that in there and just leave it there. No, explain. Sorry, no, you have to share this story. Huh? No, no, yeah. I, the, I was part of, uh, of uh, this orchestra, was called right. Futuro, Futuro Orchestra, was called. And the idea of the orchestra uh, came from the Venezuelan uh, orchestra. I don't know if you know the story. No. There is an orchestra in Venezuela called El Sistema. Mm -hmm. And basically they help uh, poor kids and people with a lot of difficulties. And through music, uh, they help them. And they, uh, they introduce them to, to, to music, to, to schools, uh, to these kind of things. They, they help them like... From economically speaking, but also right. socially speaking. Right. And that's a very an amazing project. 
and uh, the uh, maestro Abado, who sadly passed away a few years ago, mm-hmm. he was very connected to, to this thing. So he wanted to replicate this in Italy. Of course, in Italy is not the same situation as in Venezuela or in other countries. So the idea was a bit different in Italy because it wouldn't make sense to do something it was the same because we don't have the same economical and social conditions of Venezuelans. So the idea was to create this orchestra that could go in different places uh, and be a sort of, you know, example for, 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 for young people, for, for, for kids. And uh, uh, we also um, did a a lot of uh, of, uh, concerts uh, for, you know, these kind of associations that help kids uh, in the suburbs of different cities. Uh, so, so that was the idea of the, of the, of the orchestra. Uh, with that in mind, we had the opportunity to work with these amazing <laughs> directors like Morricone and Piovani, who of course uh, wanted to be also be part of this. And that was amazing, to be honest, it was, a, was a amazing. Unbelievable. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Francesco. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that. I'm glad you brought that. Hey, Francesco, so three, four more questions. Let's, uh, let's try rapid fire again. Um, we do expect more. Yeah, it's a very quick question. Okay. So very, okay. Okay. very quick. So first things first, their favorite spot on uh, campus at JCU. Lemon Courtyard. Wow. <laughs> Because the ping pong it was there, I don't know if you see that. <laughs> it's still there, yes. I was, uh, as, you, as you know, I was playing a lot of ping pong, uh, John Cab. No, I, I, lo- I love the lemon courtyard because it's a uh, part of the fact that it's amazing, like, yes, just amazing to see that. Uh, yeah. but also, I, I really like the, the atmosphere that there was there. Uh, there was a um, sense of uh, high school that you are yeah. meet your friends that you are there I, I for example i don't smoke at all but there are people who smoke outside there yeah. now i think they cannot do it anymore i don't know sure that is correct. So there's a, there's an, there, there is an era so it's very it's a social place of john yeah, cabot absolutely. and you can go there at nine in the morning or 5 p.m and you can find someone to talk with and that's, I think, that uh, what I really miss about uh, my student life is that thing, knowing new people every day with different uh, uh, backgrounds. Uh, it's uh, super nice. Amazing. Thank you, Francesco. Favorite uh, food, but uh, of course you're from Milan, no? So let's, uh, do you have a favorite Roman food? So it could be a dish, it could be a pasta, it could be a I'm totally in love with the ro- pasta romane, no? So uh, yes. carbonara, matriciana, gricia, cacciapete. If you have to pick one, if you have to pick carbonara, one. Carbonara, carbonara number one. I go, I go with carbonara. Perfetto. E last, uh, no, let's go to the Inter Milan question and then um, to wrap it up, I do have a very, very last question. Is Inter Milan winning uh, it all again next year, yes or no? Depends of Antonio Conte. If he stays, yes. If he doesn't, no. Ah, okay, perfect. Very clear um, answer. So if Antonio Conte is staying, and by the way, Antonio, if you're listening to this, <laughs> please, right, so do not stay because Roma okay, okay. would like to get a shot at winning the championship. It's been uh, almost 20 years. Has it been 20 years? Yeah. yeah. 
He's 20 years this year, yeah. Uh, so it's very sad, I would say. <laughs> right. <laughs> Francesco, last question for you. Any tips, tricks, piece of advice that you may have for prospective students who are listening to this, who are interested in JCU, who are interested in the communications field, um, and perhaps would like to go into, into journalism, sports uh, journalism, uh, any tips and tricks? Um, I repeat that because I think it's the most important one. If you want to be a journalist, if you want to try to do this kind of career, start writing because writing and learning from your mistakes is the best thing. And that's where you learn the most. Uh, making mistakes is also important. It's, it's the most important thing. If you don't make mistakes, you will never be a good journalist. Amazing. Thank you very much, Francesco, and hoping that uh, also the, the Roma Association, right, the, the, the whole organization of uh, uh, fans, uh, players, uh, I would say managers of Roma, if you're listening to this, please uh, do stop making mistakes. It's been <laughs> Francesco, this is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for doing this, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll catch you again on, uh, on JCU campus or uh, right wherever you, you end up. So good luck. And uh, yeah, anything yet? Yeah, uh, I can see you were going to say something else. No, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's always a pleasure. Go to John Cabot University because really is the place to be. So go there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Francesco. With that, we are ready to end today's episode of Cabotcast. Stay tuned. We have more, of course, episodes and alumni spotlight. We have more um, student spotlights as well. So uh, we look forward to, to, to having you on the, uh, the next episode. Again, Francesco, it's been wonderful. Everybody stay safe. Have a wonderful day. And uh, hopefully we'll see you in Rome very, very soon. Ciao.